0: Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating and love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers! Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy, and welcome to 51 First Dates, the dating podcast that doesn't know how to describe itself in one concise <laughs> sentence. We are so happy I think you here. just did it,
1: though. <laughs> Thrilled you're here. Thank Thrilled you. it's a Monday night of Labor Day, and we're both, um, I don't know. How, how do you even describe where we're at?
0: <laughs> how do you describe where we're at? Well, Liza, you know, as I was just bitching about... I am, you know, on day almost 7 in a new apartment without internet. I am able to record this knock on wood. Cross your fingers TBD how my audio sounds whether it's from Zoom or not, but I'm using a hotspot in a the one corner of my apartment where it works. And this is I I feel myself sounding like a first world asshole, but it is COVID and I have been told that no one can come check on the internet no technician is available until september 16th and i'm just so like excuse me but i am lucky it's a horrible time
1: yeah Um, but no it's awful to like have to because you have to work you've been working podcasting etc with no internet and kimmy also just moved into a new apartment i'm assuming stuff is still in boxes it's tough you've got a lot on your plate
0: Yeah, but you know what? In the grand scheme, I'm back in Los Angeles. I'm not on fire. My home is not on fire. I have air conditioning. It is truly 118 degrees out. So the world is in worse shape than I am. And I feel grateful. I just I must admit I'm fatigued. Moving sucks. Moving is very hard. Oh and it's also that
1: you know, I haven't moved in te- I, I just officially had my 10-year New York anniversary oh, shit. and I've also been in the same apartment for 10 years so I've moved in 10 years and I am dreading it whenever it happens yeah I, it moving's horrible
0: it is and you know hunting for the apartment is horrible and though I have lived with date 13 before for you know last summer I was in New York for my internship we lived together we've spent like A month together. We just spent part of the summer together in my old apartment with my roommate. Shout out Annie. But just like moving is so hard. And even the fun part of moving, like I really love the apartment we're in. So that's why I've got to stop complaining and whining. But it's definitely a, you know, I think we were very comfortable living together. I'm not worried about that. But there are just certain things about how you want to set things up or how you want to unpack or what you do. Or honestly, even though we align on most things. It's just the stress of moving. Like whether you're in a romantic relationship or you just have a roommate, it's just like, what the fuck? This isn't working. That is working. We're here. Now how do we get into this keypad? Like, I don't know. It's just so much. I'm just a little tired. It's horrible. And you have to make a
1: million decisions, which is, I think making decisions is one of the most exhausting things. Like Mm -hmm. it just, it drains your energy. Well, whatever. For me, it drains my energy so much. Some people are decisive and it's impressive but I am not and it saps all my energy and it's insane and uh, it's really hard to move. You have to be like, okay, I'm making a million decisions. I have to set up a whole home. I have to like negotiate my space with my partner's space. It's very, very tiring.
0: Yes, but I do feel very grateful because you know, LA real estate is the situation. We found ourselves in a very fortunate situation where we're able to have a second like bedroom for guests when they visit and I've kind of all of my old things have gone there, so it feels like I have my own bedroom if I want it.
1: <laughs> totally. And it's also great that you have, like, you get to have an office during yes.
0: this time. Yes. When That's it's- the main reason we were like, yeah, I think a two-bed was important to us because um, Tony always works from home, but also I will be for the foreseeable future. But anyways, this yeah. is boring. If you're new here, it's particularly boring. <laughs> Liza, how are you? How's, oh, you know. You know. <laughs>
1: Life. I feel like the Monday, so so this is the Monday of Labor Day weekend. It's Labor Day. Uh, and it's always just like the summer's over. It's like the Sunday scaries times a million because summer's also over. And it's just I'm I'm having extreme scaries about what it's gonna be like to be in quarantine in coronavirus land in the fall and winter. And it yeah, I I really hit me this weekend. I was like, oh shit like I'm I'm feeling like the biggest Sunday scaries that I've ever felt today so my my vibe is and I had a great weekend and I'm again happy healthy hashtag blessed so many good things could be so worse but I'm also like oh my god the days are gonna get shorter it's gonna gonna get like cold I'm just I'm having some
0: spirals well I think it's like even because I'm having huge scaries as well and I you know, normal, most of my life living on the East Coast. This was the ultimate, you know, summer's ending for most people or your your travels of the summer are mostly ending. And it's a Monday, a three-day weekend is always hard to go back to work from. So I remember always dreading this, but even though the weather is not changing here, I, I feel the dread as well. And I think it is potentially worsened, well, obviously because of COVID, but because it felt like when did the summer even start? Did we even have a summer? And I did feel oh. like I had moments of summer within the past month. Um, but it just, it's super, it's a its a marker of how much time has actually gone by and how little and how much has changed from like, you know, March 13th. That was the Friday I just remember. Like that was the last day I did anything normal. <laughs> and I don't you know, yeah. it's, it's just... I feel particularly anxiety-ridden by, like, where did this year go? Even yes, I'm it does lucky.
1: feel like, yeah, it's a weird time suck. I don't know. Everything's very, very strange. And this the changing of seasons is messing with me and giving me uh the, the weirdest vibes today. So I, I hope it's not the biggest bummer. The thing is, is that I know it's not good. This episode isn't going to be the biggest bummer because we have a really really lovely interview Mm -hmm. with um sharon do are we allowed to say her last name sharon we will sharon
0: double check with you but yeah she
1: didn't she
0: didn't know introduce
1: herself with her last name so i don't know if it's anonymous look if we are allowed to say her last name it will be in the show notes yeah (laughs) but she is a podcaster and she has a blog called to be british to be asian Um, And she's just all around a lovely, incredibly smart human. We talked to her all about what it's like to date in England as a person of South Asian descent and what it's like to be first generation um, and what it's like to have all these cultural, stereotypical kind of pressures put on you, how to break them, how to figure out what you really want. It was such a lovely conversation. And she's just so great. And she has a British accent, which, you know. We're we're Americans. We all love listening to British accents.
0: (laughs) Yes. And To British To Be Asian, her blog, we talk about some of the themes in that blog. So, you know, being South Asian in Britain and experiencing racism while dating and more broadly just when what society and even more so culturally what is expected of us, you know, impacts the way we think about dating, marriage, you know, having children. And I think I've feel like Sharon is just full of wisdom and we were very fortunate to chat with her. So I think you will all love that. Uh but in the meantime, we also will do cons- consumption corner. If you're new here and you saw the title 5-1 first dates pod 51 first dates, you were like, "Oh, people go on dates and they talk about them." And yes, during normal times we do that. We'll be doing that again soon with a regular dater, but lately we've been trying to cater to these strange times we're in. So we will do consumption corner. We will do a new segment we'll, we're going to call fighting. No, <laughs> it's not a new segment. Imagine Liza if we had a new segment where we just fought about something. We just have like, to give me Liza a fight for five minutes like The Bachelor. <laughs> no, we will. We're going to talk about, you know, if you can't tell, uh, moving is stressful. And I, I actually think everything went superbly well. And I'm very grateful to my dear boyfriend for all of the work he put in because I was having some stressful work times leading up to this move. But just like how to fight healthily um, or not healthfully, unhealthily, but fighting. We're going to talk about fighting. I feel like we, we, we don't focus on fighting. And let's focus on fighting this week as we fight the fall. Um, but yes, Liza, I think that's what we're going to do today. And then we're going to have our lovely interview. And I think despite our mopey, mopey tones, this is going to be a solid episode. A like good like restart episode,
1: I think. Yes. Fall, new season. Same me. <laughs> Same me for whatever. Um, But I have I feel like I don't have great consumption corner for like the third week running. OK, wait, I'm going to say another one. OK, and again, <laughs> I've been joking about I lied. I have one. I've yep. been joking about how low brow my consumption is and I have been joking all summer about like what if I just one week came on and was like I'm reading Anna Karenina and the part of the reason that that's been a joke is because my lovely fiance bought me Anna Karenina because he read it or listened to it and thought I would really love it and so he bought it for me as like a just a random gift for nothing and (laughs) sorry just the thought of like
0: oh Anna Karenina I think you'd love it like I get it it's all great but it's just of all the books yeah
1: It's very long. It's like 850 pages, but I am a hundred pages into it. And I have to say, I fucking love it. And oh my God. Okay. Here is a thing. And maybe when you're doing your consumption, I'll see if I can find this passage real quick. Mm -hmm. There is a description and fuck, I took a picture of it and I forgot to text it to you because I was doing something else, but I meant to. I swear to God, I thought our generation invented fuckboys there is a fuckboy in Anna Karenina and it was the description of it is like he's a fuckboy. Like he is what they're describing <laughs> as fuckboy behavior. And it I it was blowing my mind. And I'm so mad I didn't text this picture to you because I took it and was like in my head like Texas to Kimmy and I forgot.
0: Oh, but you took the but, picture. So we should pull it. Up. I took the picture. I, I can yes. be long winded so, in my consumption.
1: <laughs> or yes. <laughs> OK, do that. But I um I oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. OK, so I'm actually reading that. And I'm really happy to be doing it. Okay. And look, I know, A, this is going to sound really toolish, my two consumption corners right now, but I would really like everyone listening to remember how much I've talked about 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days <laughs> Survivor. Uh, to, um, are you the one a- averaging out? My consumption is very, very lame. But um, so I'm gonna apologize for how absolutely toolish and pretentious this sounds. But I also reactivated my paper subscription to The New Yorker because mm. I just really have always enjoyed reading it. And for I have had the digital subscription for a while, but I just wasn't using it really. And I got the paper subscription and I have been just loving reading The New Yorker, and there's a piece this week that I'd like to super recommend about voting rights. Um, I'll find the name of it, but it is so eye-opening and illuminating, and you should be able to read at least one free article online, and I would highly recommend this. I'm going to look it up now, but also, (laughs) yes, my consumption this week makes me sound like the most pretentious turd in the entire world.
0: You sound well-read, but I I will, and then I'm going to pretentious turd. One time, my mom bought me back in the day a new yorker subscription and yes you can't keep up with the way they roll into your apartment yes it's fun to have a stack of them it's not the same reading it online i don't know why it's pretentious of me to say that but and and if you can support just such amazing you know journalism it's not just journalism writing if you can support amazing writers like i that's that's an interesting quarantine idea i feel like it would be a nice nugget of new york i feel like especially without internet i have been like what do you do (laughs) Like, get Dan on your phone. Uh, I love it, Liza. That's that's a good thought. It was um, great.
1: I found the article. It's called Who Gets to Vote in Florida?
2: And it ooh. is technically
1: about Florida and their, um, the legal battle that they're currently in the middle of regarding whether or not felons have the right to vote. Um, and But it, it's more global about how voter suppression works and how uh politicians and especially republican politicians have found a way to make it systemic mm. um and it is of course very upsetting but i also think it's important and i think it it helped me realize a bunch of stuff that i actually can do to i mean it didn't help me realize that but as i was reading it i was i had a lot of creative ideas of like actionable items i could take to kind of try mm-hmm. to help like very specific petitions i could sign um i think donating to florida bail funds is really really huge uh and yeah yeah that's got okay. i can you believe it no I, I i love it i
0: believe it i you you're a very smart intelligent lady and mm-hmm. smart and intelligent are different that's why i was almost redundant there but liza no i love it i also so i had it was my dad's birthday shout out happy birthday to my dad i did Another a little day. surprise we did a little surprise zoom for him with some family and honestly i have been so zoom fatigued but it was it's It's been a while since I've done one of those Zoom hangs. So it was quite nice. And my whole like dad's side of the family hadn't done it. My aunts and uncles, it was so lovely. But my uncle was like, You young people need to be a be poll workers. I signed up to do it. You can sign up to do it because you always see those 90 year old ladies who are so nice and helping you like go stand over there, vote. But you know who, what those people are at risk. So if you're not at risk, I need to look into this tomorrow. I have encouraged people I think on our Instagram to do it but then I never encouraged myself hard enough to actually sign up to be a poll worker but I think that's a really important job one could do I think you also get paid as well so it's not even I'm gonna do it too
1: I've also been putting it off but I'm also unemployed and not high risk so like I'm gonna do it too let's all we can text check in with each other tomorrow
0: yeah perfect to
1: to hold each other accountable maybe because I have been like just i mean i've been meaning to do it and just haven't done it so
0: and i need to double check i did the thing in the mail that when they sent me when i moved. like i need to double check my precinct that i am if i'm if my mail and vote ballot does not come to my new address even though i changed my address there's a lot i need to double check in regards to voting tomorrow and i'm just going to be totally yeah I post a lot of things about that we should all vote and I need to remember to make sure without a doubt I my vote gets in even though I'm in a blue state, even though I'm in Los Angeles in a blue state. Like it's, it, if we get, pause the podcast and like double check for yourself right now because it will be tomorrow and that's when Liza and I are double checking our own little privileged But Completely.
1: Totally. And a great point. I also live in a solidly blue state And, of course, other people are going to be on the ballot. Lots of people have senators and congresspeople on the ballot. Um, But also something I think is really important is that keeping the popular vote as accurate as possible is really important for reforming our election laws. Like it's in our last presidential election, you know, a different Hillary Clinton won by won the popular vote by about three million votes. Like we have to keep those numbers accurate if we ever have hope of reforming the Electoral College or eliminating it. So even if you live in a blue state, please go vote for the person you want. It's yeah, it's a it's a big deal. You guys know that. And to our international listeners, I'm sorry. And also, I'm sorry for what America is doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're sorry all around. Um, oh, my. OK. All consumption, you all. Uh as I was saying, I think we have technical difficulties, so you may be hearing my Zoom audio now, but it's just the day I'm having, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Liza, for your support. I was talking about Summer's my consumption not corner. over.
1: Summer vibes. Nothing <laughs> matters.
0: <laughs> Nothing matters. Uh My Consumption Corner. Not super stellar because of the lack of Wi Fi, but actually it, we figured out this hotspot hack. So one I was it, it was not my choice. but Wait, that's going to sound terribly. Basically, Tony was playing Michelle Obama's podcast. Not that it's not my choice because I wouldn't want to listen to it. I just hadn't yet out loud. And it was an episode she did with Conan and actually made me think of like us talking about fighting for the theme of this podcast, but just or conflict in relationships. Gosh, it's not a surprise. I just had not listened to her podcast yet. And I just I'm obsessed with listening to her. I Then I listened to another one of her with her friends. She just had one come out with her and Brock, which I have not listened to yet because the internet wasn't loading it. But man, I don't know. Just the wisdom. I feel very lucky. And the ability of that woman to remain so refined and professional, none of these three adjectives, but just so... She is still a first lady, the whole podcast, but she is also so approachable and real and genuine, the whole podcast. Yes. And I feel like that's a really tough time to walk
1: fully. I listened to her book and I was just like, she is talking about going to therapy with her husband, yep. who is president of the United States. And I know that there is, I mean, I, I don't know from experience, but I know from our black guests on this podcast and and friends that there is higher stigma Ah, uh, for black people to go to therapy, like she is so fucking classy and also so open. It's like yep, I, I'm it's, a, I'm yes. so inspired by that combination.
0: And her podcast is only on Spotify. And honestly, you know, I just I feel like I just don't listen to my podcast on Spotify yet. I sometimes do. I do on my computer, um, but just go listen to it it just I I, like why is this a surprise why haven't I listened to it already I, I just hadn't and then I was like holy shit and her conversation with Conan and in talking about you know how to manage conflict and they do reference the part in her book where she talks about going to therapy um yeah just it's really comforting to just remember that everyone has conflict I mean she has it's it's the this isn't like a spoiler because it's kind of the clip she uses at the start of the episode before going into the full episode. But she got was engaged to Barack, Barack, lol, President Obama. <laughs> and through her engagement ring in the car, they were fighting. And she was like, I'm just very, that's how I, I'm reactive. She used other words. I don't want to put go listen to it, but I related to it a lot. I'm like, when I fight, I'm reactive. I wouldn't actually be calling off the engagement. I'd probably just be angry and want to throw something. <laughs> Not great, not great, but, you know. No, totally. Um, Yeah, but really recommend that. And then yesterday, and I really want to do this for the Patreon, I had not seen my best friend's wedding in a very long time, and we had our hot spot going, and we were like, we need to watch something. It was so hot in LA. like We tried to go outside, and it didn't work. So we crushed that data, and we watched um, my best friend's wedding, and I just feel like it would be really fun to dissect in modern times.
1: Yeah, I also have not seen that movie since I was in like probably freshman in high school or something. It's been a super yep. long time, so I remember almost nothing except like a very awkward karaoke scene. Is yeah, that a thing with Kimmy? Okay, Kimmy.
0: Cameron Diaz is Kimmy in the movie too. So hey, hey.
1: no way! Oh my god, I love that! <laughs> I love when there's a Kimmy in media. Um, <laughs> I that sounds amazing. I would love to do that.
0: Yeah, that's it's good. So consumption. She's like a because Julia Roberts is not a villain. That's the, I just. It's it's an interesting take on it's not woke at all or whatever sorry can we used better vocabulary it's not super progressive but yet it feels very different than a lot of other movies from that era so I just it would be really fun to rewatch and do for the Patreon
1: yeah that'd be cool yeah I remember being like oh it's crazy that like Julia Roberts is a complicated female character I'm not saying like. Yeah, she's it's a great character full of nuance and layers and realism. But like in rom-coms in the 90s, it was literally like you were like a hot lead romance person. You were like a, a ingenue and that was it. It was like it was mm-hmm. they didn't do
0: complicated. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just so I mean, I also love Cameron Diaz. Like just just she when she was cast in the right things, I think she's just great. Um, but yeah, Julia Roberts fan. is just so stunning. It's just, you know, it's not a very evolved consumption corner, but I think it's on Netflix. I think that's, yeah, it's on Netflix or Hulu. Um, one of the two websites that was like loading properly. No, uh, just I recommend it and we should do it for the Patreon. But that is my, I would love to. That is my, that is my consumption corner.
1: Amazing. With limited okay, updates. I found the picture from Anna Karenina, but the, it's like, very long and i just look through it to see if i could find like a sentence that encapsulates it and i can't really but i'm gonna post it in the secret facebook group please join the secret facebook group i swear to god fuck boys have ever been around since at least like 1876 or whenever this fucking book came out it's a th- <laughs> it's a documented thing um mm-hmm. and it's there so you should join the secret facebook group you can also follow us on instagram at 51 dates pod
0: yeah, we could refer you I don't think I read Anna Karenina. I, for a second, I thought I had, but I don't think I have. I don't think I have.
1: Yeah, I've so never read easy. any of the big stinky Russian ones, but it's like it's super good. Weirdly, <laughs> reminds me of Elena Ferrante books mm. of like, and she was. I googled it because I was like, they these people have to be inspired by each other, but it's just like deeply personal, character driven. Like people, like the people, every single character reminds me of someone i know like they're so realistic like it's so not boring i thought it was going to be boring yeah and i should have known because jeff understands my taste and what i like pretty well when he bought it for me he was like you're gonna love this and i was like no i'm not gonna (laughs) love it i'm never gonna read that (laughs) and
0: then uh, yeah surprising all the time you know what the world is surprising (laughs) welcome to our dating podcast dating
1: Um, Dating. let's talk about dating What's okay? Okay. So we're gonna talk about fighting. What's a good way to approach this?
0: I don't know, Liza. What do you think your relationship and dating like? Because it could be beyond your current relationship. Um, when you would get in fights in any of your dating history, what do you think your fighting style is?
1: Um, mine used to be like extreme avoidance. I used to be really conflict-averse. I used to really like hate confrontation. Um, And I would avoid it at all costs and I would never talk about any of my problems and all my relationships were horrible because <laughs> I would just bottle everything up and take it out on people in weird ways, get pissed over small things, but like not tell them, be very passive aggressive. It was not cute. It was it was very like I, I basically used to think that if you sh- if I was if I shared too much of my feelings or needs, I would be annoying and needy. And I thought I was needy and I thought I was obnoxious. And I thought that if I I was myself, people would kind of run away, uh, which then after therapy time and also honestly, like dating Jeff, I learned that's bad and <laughs> it's a bad way. So I do actually feel like I had a kind of like before being with Jeff and after being with Jeff style of fighting before him, it was like passive aggressively get pissed at someone and then ignore it and then and never deal with it and never fix it i don't know that i ever had fights in previous relationships i just would pretend everything was fine pretend i was fine with things i wouldn't and it was it's so such a weird bad habit to be in um i i don't know why i did that
0: no, I think it's very relatable, though. As much as I probably have the opposite problem in that my style of fighting—I mean, Liza—we had a, bit, a company together. You know me very well. Uh, Is like I am too comfortable being myself, like my five-year-old self. Sometimes, uh, moving has really brought that out of me. Like I fully, when the internet, when I was on the phone for an hour and a half, like nothing was being solved. Tony was like, I told you we should go with the other internet company. I stomped up the stairs and slammed the door to, quote unquote, my room. <laughs> Just the extra bedroom. Huh?
1: Oh, my God. I love I that. I would the shit same fit, shit.
0: And I feel like, we, you know, we both said sorry, et cetera. But, like, uh, the, the temper tantrums continue and I am too old for them. It's around – it's usually around shit like this. Stuff yeah. that feels – I've gotten better, honestly, with tantrums around the real stuff. But when it's like internet day five not working, I'm like, here we go. I'm going to lose it. I see red and I cannot control myself. Uh, but I would say I, yeah, as much as, I don't know. I There's a part of me that wishes I was just more mature. And so that like a part of me, you know, has always thought you're just so much more involved. Because like, I've known you as a friend. And then. I almost feel like I put this prize on what if I was just a little more subdued, even if it may be passive aggressive, because like I can't have my outbursts. So I would, you know, I would just say. I envy in a way, even the part of your old fighting style you don't like. Oh, uh, there!
1: I feel like it was so gnarly and I had to be trained like a, like a rescue dog who had come from a weird background to be uh, like, I am so lucky. One of the reasons I knew Jeff was the, the person, I mean, it's not like I immediately knew, but I realized pretty early on that Jeff, my relationship with Jeff would be very different and very serious is because any issue he had, or if I, he, it, to me, it felt as seismic as the moment in Fleabag, in season two of Fleabag. Guys, spoilers for season two of Fleabag. Skip forward 30 seconds. When the priest realizes she's speaking to camera and it's like who are you talking to what are you looking at oh yeah that's what it felt like to me like when jeff started calling me on the fact that i wasn't sharing my feelings he'd be like i feel like you're not saying what you feel like and it wasn't dramatic or whatever he just came from a family of radical honesty and absolutely sharing all your feelings and having it be relatively um not dramatic i mean obviously there's some drama when people share feelings all the time but Mm -hmm. i think his family's pretty respectful of each other and non-judgmental and good listeners and it's a little uh i think they deal with stuff openly pretty and pretty well and so for me to just be like i'm not going to share anything ever he he would call me out on it and it felt really huge to me and slowly over time he really trained me i was still like even years into our relationship, would be scared to share how I feel with him or something would be bothering me and I wouldn't talk to him about it because I didn't want to have it be a thing. And then it would bottle up and I would explode at him about something small. And also, Jeff is far and away with zero comparison, the most serious relationship I've ever had. So I did learn a lot about just how to be in a relationship with someone through him. Mm-hmm. I had one other boyfriend, but it, it just was not the most mature relationship. So um so I think I think that it it took some like really intense unlearning. Mm-hmm. And now I feel pretty good about the way I fight, except I'm still a huge fucking grudge holder. And this is another thing that like I just respect the hell out of with Jeff because We'll have a fight and he will, you know, if it ever gets like heated or like starts to verge on feeling or uh, basically be like on the verge of feeling kind of icky or nasty, Mm -hmm. he will stop and like give me a hug and be like, I love you. Let's like this isn't a thing. Let's figure it out. And I'll be like, fuck you. And like, I want to stay mad. I like want to go to bed mad. Oh, yeah, I, me too. He, me too. W- yes, I love <laughs> fucking holding so on bad. to things, man. Especially when I really think I'm right. I'm like, yes, I will die on this hill about everything, yep. about dishes, about anything. And he's very like, he will just simply not let me. He will not let me go to be- bed mad, even though usually that makes me more mad at first. And yeah. I'm like, you guys don't let me feel my feelings. And over and over and over again. I have learned that he's right. You just have to get, like, holding the grudge does nothing. He's learned he has to leave me be for, like, 10 minutes. Like, he cannot, he needs to Mm -hmm. give me a cool down moment. But, like, that's my next thing I need, I would like to work on in my fighting style, is, like, not trying to latch onto the grudge. Because I I do that a lot.
0: It's so satisfying and it's so fucked up. You know, (laughs) like, I... It's interesting hearing you talk about the explosions of anger because I'm almost, I, you know, wasn't being the most articulate. But I think before I was trying to say, like, I'm almost too comfortable in my relationship now where I'm totally cool being my temper tantrum, Kimmy. I used to never be in serious relationships, but still be hurt and be bad at communicating. And I would still have these like outbursts because I would, I think earlier in dating, it's really tricky to know when you can, you can't fight in the healthy way. uh, That's not true. It's harder to fight in a healthy way in like, I will say, half relationships or situationships or early dating because it almost feels unearned. So I would be upset at someone, you know, saying they couldn't hang out at night and me, you know, doing good internet stalking and making it seem like they could hang out, but they were hanging out with someone else or elsewhere. I would let that build up over time and then it would come out really in like flashes of like, angst out of nowhere, just like almost within a conversation, a text conversation, just flipping on a dime, which is unfair. And we've talked about that a million times. And it's about communication. But I guess there's this weird divide I see between the phases from the beginning to whatever stage, like in my case, sometimes, you know, a year in, but still not super serious, uh, where you don't feel like you have the permit, you, you don't, I I personally didn't feel like I had permission to fight in a way that could suck, but it could also be productive. And then later, when you almost feel like you have too much permission to fight, let's fight it out. But then sometimes I feel like that's not healthy. Like, I shouldn't just be so angry. Like, I should just let it go. Because I, I feel the same way in that Tony will be the one who always apologizes first, which I really need to work on because I love being right so bad.
1: Well, I think it's also like... Women hide their feelings a lot. And mm. it can be uh, – this is – what you said about like – well, we're both saying that the outbursts, I think it comes from hiding – being trained to hide your feelings. Your feelings are too much. You have to tamp them down. You have to change them. You have to alter them. You have to be in control of them. We're not allowed to be hormonal. Like we're not allowed to be emotional. And I think that like whenever you suppress something, it's going to come out in an outburst. And this happens to people, like I think this happens to people who, this happened to me with like dieting and binge eating. This has happened mm-hmm. to people, yeah. you know, people who
0: are trying too hard, like some people, you know, whatever. Well, we interestingly both share the same eating disorder, not the same eating disorder in exactly, but we both, you know, dealt with bulimia, which is a lot about control and not, yeah, I guess, I don't want, but it's interesting that then we see parts, even though I think I know that we fight really differently, there are probably parts that are similar and that's an interesting connection that I just I'm having. Yeah, about it. I don't know. It, I don't know if it would hold up in court, but I
1: think it's. Yeah, there's something to me about that, like that, like. Constantly trying to modify yourself and then all of a sudden you can't do it anymore. Um, and I don't know. I, I think that it's something you said. You said something about like fighting, being productive. And I feel like that's been the, the flip, the switch flip for me. In knowing that I have like learned how to fight and share my feelings in a way that's good is like fights. To me, all of my fights with Jeff feel productive. I don't think we've ever had a fight that I don't feel like when we got out the other side, and we we like we always have <laughs> like to do like a three sixty review on our fight after the fight. Like a as post-mormen. the fights <laughs> ramping down, yeah, we like to do a post-mortem. We're like, okay, what was that really about? Like, are we good? Do we figure it out? Do you feel okay? Do I feel okay? Is everything worked out? Like we always we always do a three sixty. Just try to close the book and put it on the shelf. Honestly,
0: you guys should start a startup. That sounds like some <laughs> shit I would pay for uh, to well, learn how to do. This is what
1: happens when you're a Gemini who's dating a Gemini. We're both Geminis so I know. Okay. Look, if you don't believe in astrology, like kind of me too. But I, I do think that the reason Jeff and I get along so well is we both really like to talk. I mean, like we like to talk and we'd like to talk about <laughs> our emotions. And we'd like to process stuff in conversation. We'd like to process stuff together. So like when you put us both together... It's like, okay, how long you got? This conversation's going to go for a while and it's really going to get down to the nitty gritty. So we'll have a two-hour fight and then deconstruct it for an hour and then, you know, ramp down and watch our TV or whatever. But I think that, like, it always feels like we're working together, or not always, but since I learned how to fight a little bit better, it mostly feels like we are working together towards some kind of common goal, which is, like, dealing with an issue And a thing that I absolutely realized I had to start doing was like saying I was wrong about something or conceding some point, even if in my head, I kind of don't believe it. Just like conceding something small in the interest of conceding something. And I, I hate doing it so much. I hate admitting I'm wrong. I'm so fucking stubborn but it's like it's so important even just saying it right now i'm eye rolling cuz i'm like I, I hate this i never want to do it again
0: no but even like throwing in an i'm sorry when you're still kind of like in the anger well i'm sorry but like like that sounds insane yeah. cuz i'm sure it's also an unhealthy but it helps me at least start to like calm down and not go off on the cliff where i'm going to die on that cliff and i'm going to be right forever and i'm putting my stick in the sand like all of the analogies i can't think of but it's it helps me pull back a little bit and i think i think the equivalent of that in like earlier dating when again i wasn't having you know the full stomp upstairs temper tantrums um but i was having outbursts (laughs) because i'm five i'm five guys i'm five years old uh we're all
1: five in our hearts and souls i really believe it
0: but i think those outbursts you know and other dating things in my life While I didn't, it wasn't like I needed to say I'm sorry because I used to do this thing in those situations where I'd be like, I'm so sorry. You know, I'd over-apologize after I had like a baby outburst. I'd have some big ones. But when I'd be like rightfully upset about something, like someone kind of bailing on hanging out or seeming sketchy or not texting as much or just like getting shady, you know, after that three-month mark because that was New York dating for me. Uh, But I think… I'm sort of losing my train of thought. I apologize. No, I think basically the equivalent of that, like what I now do when I start to say like, well, I'm sorry, but until and, and so I can actually get to, I'm sorry. I used to, you know, just do this overcorrection and apologizing. But I think earlier in dating, what I wish I would have done is start to say like, actually, this is how I feel. Or this is why I think I reacted that way. Or just literally communicate, like take baby steps to communicating. Yeah. This is a very roundabout way of saying, Right now I'm taking baby steps to fighting better like or just admitting I'm wrong more. Like Liza, when you said that, that really resonates with me. Saying, okay, I might be wrong. I wish, my, my, I wish I had worked more on instead of like when I was in earlier stages of dating people, doing the same thing with baby steps into, okay, I feel a little bit like my feelings were hurt when you canceled our date or something like that. It sounds so basic but it's so hard to do because I was always trying to be the cool girl on both sides. Now I try to be the cool girl, yes. the right, I'm always right. And before it was the cool girl who doesn't care. I don't, they just feel similar somehow because they feel like, no, five but year old. I
1: think it's so much growth. I don't know. I also think that earlier in the, in the more situationships, the way you're, you're saying that basically you would, um, you would over apologize, like get into these places where you like wouldn't say anything and then you'd have an Like I think the over apologizing is another like way of modifying your feelings and not actually saying how yes. you feel of being like, I shouldn't feel this strongly. So I'm going to make sure it doesn't seem like it's a th- like it's an, yes. that's just that shit is always going to bubble to the top. It's like when you go to therapy and there's like a thing you really don't want to talk about because you know, it's going to be painful or hard. It's like, you can't not talk about it. Like it fucking rears its head.
0: Like the fucking Bellagio fountains. I'm like, I know I'm picturing yes. a fountain. It just like sprays out Boom. the top of you. Totally. You try so hard. Uh, completely. God. It's no, thank you for more eloquently try making that connection I was trying to have in real time on this podcast, which was super fun for you all. But yes, it's, it's these different ways I have not actually been true to myself and communicating and they're all different, you know they're all immature but i i need to continue to work on them completely
1: i mean it, we all everyone has like I, i've been i think trying to become better at talking about my feelings really actively for like 11 did not 11 for like 9 years and learning how to fight like really really actively like trying to be better all the time and that and there's still i was saying there's still so many things i have to be you know like the grudge holding and the whatever like everyone's got a thing Anyway, do you have do you have one before we go to our interview? Do you have one concrete piece of advice about about
0: how to fight? That's a great question. No, because I'm fucking five. No, for me, <laughs> my advice to myself is like take a chill pill, which is <laughs> I think for me, it's uh, I think when you feel yourself leaning into whatever your normal fighting stance is, To you know, it's so dumb, but take a few breaths and then do something the opposite of what you want to do. So for me right now, that's like starting to say, okay, I might have been wrong about that. Not fully admitting I'm wrong. Who knows? I probably wasn't all the way wrong. But just doing the thing that feels it feels vulnerable. It feels uncomfortable. You know, it in older situations it would have been. I feel sad because I feel like you don't actually want to date me, and it's just being vulnerable. Like be vulnerable. I think makes for a better fight
1: yeah that's a great one I, I, yeah it's true and you have to be willing to be like yeah a little bit wrong a little bit concessiony like those th- those are all like concession yeah are like aspects of vulnerability yeah yeah what about you i think it's good i think mine i mean this is very like i feel like a high school guidance counselor giving this piece of advice but i feel like it's whenever I feel like whenever you feel like you can't make headway, you're like when you're at like a, an impasse, I think it's great to be like, I want us to understand how each other feels mm. to be like, OK, the way. OK, cool. You said this thing. You didn't mean it. I'm just going to tell like I'm telling you it bothered me because it made me feel like this. And so mm-hmm. like that's why it bothered me. Can you understand at least why that would bother me? And then to really be like, how does it make you feel like whatever the thing you're upset about is, how does it make you feel like how did I make you feel? Because like ultimately, even if you can't agree on the specifics, you can agree that like you don't want to make the other person feel crappy. So I just feel like that's always a good if you really are stuck and like nobody's willing to give. I think it's a it's a good place to go. Like, this is how you made me feel. How did I make you feel? That's great advice. Is and this like after really school listening. special as fuck? I know. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah big, and try to. We, yeah,
0: you have to listen. Ha, and, use I statements. It's I know. Totally bad, I but, start but, to feel badly when I hear how my mean outbursts have made Tony feel. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, well, it's it I'll, like generates empathy. I mean, it's like you. It makes you more aware of the yeah the effects your action have, and it also like if there's moments where like. No one is willing to admit they're wrong. Like I said, everybody can get on board with like, well, I don't want you to make you feel bad. I love you. You know, like nobody yeah. wants to make each other feel bad. That's not why we're in relationships. Or if no. it is, go to
0: therapy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That was, you know, tell us what, how you fight in relationships. <laughs> we're like fighting. Fighting is good. No, There are also definitely types of fighting and abuse and emotional abuse that are and, and physical. Like, yes. We are being very um, narrow in our our definition of fighting in relationships right now. I just want to acknowledge that. I think that's fine. But, you know. Totally. But everyone fights and and a lot of relationships, most
1: relationships I would even say are not unhealthy. So I think it is Mm -hmm. important to talk about the not bad type of fighting. Um, If it feels, I mean, of course, if it's physically violent, but also if it feels emotionally violent, if there's gaslighting, if there's. Name-calling, if there's any kind of, like, calling your, your <laughs> intelligence. I mean, I've I done name-call. it, too, and I'm sure Jess called me names. Okay. But, I mean, I'm I sure. To... But I mean, like, or regular, cry. insidious yeah. bullying. We're all it, deeply intuitive, and, like, if
0: it feels icky, it is icky, you know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. And another just tiny tidbit, if there comes a moment in your fight where like something funny happens, have you ever like held back the laughter?
1: Oh, because you're like, I'm
0: mad. So I can't laugh. Just fucking yes. laugh. Just start yes. laughing together. Or try
1: to make the other person laugh. One time I was <laughs> in the weird Jeff and I were in the middle of a huge fight. And, and I honestly can't remember which one of us it was, but one of us farted really loudly. And it was like, it was just the most perfect thing that ever happened. I was like, yeah, makes me giggle right now. Yeah, it's so fucking funny, and and it was a moment, and then you know, and then I'm sure I think he farted because I was like, this is disgusting, and I can't (laughs) wait. It's disrespectful, and he was like, dude, come on. (laughs) I fart in front of him all the time. Yeah, I Um, love it. I'm obsessed. Yeah. that's a really good uh, yeah. advice: is just to laugh or to try to make the other person laugh a little bit, even even if they won't do it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> like I, the worst version of myself is when I really want to laugh, but I'm so stubborn I won't laugh myself. Like oh my I God,
1: Kimmy. Just... I fucking do the same shit. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just don't laugh. don't crack a smile. Make your face even meaner.
0: <laughs> it's an amazing yes. like you know reversal back to when I was five because I'm five forever totally. Five forever totally sometimes
1: Jeff will come in and try to give me a hug and I'll stand really still with my arms <laughs> down I <laughs> won't accept the hug <laughs> insane
0: oh, I love being five it's so again novel. we're yeah. all we're all five we are yes. we are it's we're true. all
1: we all want I mean, to be right we I want to be yes Um uh, you
0: know, yes not that that's a model okay not but any anyway, be better yes. than
1: that and you'll probably be fine and then your partner will want to hold your hand shout out melania anyway oh
0: yeah okay <laughs> guys
1: well. we're gonna have a super quick ad break and we're gonna be back with our interview with sharon um and we hope you check out her stuff which is linked below and we hope you enjoy
0: okay and now we are joined by sharon she is from london She runs the blog Too British to be Asian. She's a podcaster and a YouTuber. Wow, that was official. Sharon, thank you for being here.
2: Guys, I love being here. I think you guys (laughs) are wonderful and I love it. I love listening to your podcast because it's not just about dating. It's about so many different issues that overlap with dating. Um, So thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. That was very We're so
1: thrilled to have you. I mean, I feel like you have been just doling out compliments and it's truly like I'm my, a bomb to my soul thank you so much we're so thrilled no. to have you we love what you're doing um <laughs> and we're psyched to talk about all things <laughs> dating Thanks. England yeah all things dating Asian in England etc yeah. um but before we get started we always ask everybody do you have a worst first
2: date story um I've been quite lucky with first dates I have had issues when I've been out though. So like one, I'll tell you about one particular one I had, it's still ingrained in my mind. I still sort of, I, I, I sort of reflect on it as well when I think about it and I think, did that actually happen? Um, so I remember um, being on a night out, it's actually hen weekend um, in the UK. It was something like three o'clock in the morning. I was tired, i got drunk, I'd got merry, got drunk, and now I'd actually sobered myself up, and I was still drinking. And uh, I was in a bar, and I swear to God, like a Ryan Gos, a young Ryan Gosling—that's how I'd compare him to—was looking at me. And I was like, and me being me, automatically, I actually looked behind me as if to think, "What's he looking at? You know, what's going on behind me?" Anyway, he started stepping towards me. And I was leaning towards the bar. And you know that feeling at the end of the night where you're just tired, your feet are hurting. And inside your heels, you're just trying to flatten your feet <laughs> yes. to sort of, like, just try and, like, massage them somehow just to, just so you can get to, back to the hotel um, in one piece. Because once the shoes are off, they're off. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I was trying to do, like, leaning against the bar with, on my, with my elbow. Um, and literally, he was coming towards me, coming towards me. And while he was coming, it's like towards me he came quite close to me I edged to the side of the bar thinking like you know I'll move for you (laughs) and he actually said hi and you know he introduced himself it was really great you know I was shocked but the the conversation was flowing I was single and um really happy I was having this conversation with this really cute Ryan Gosling guy and um we exchanged numbers again really happy about this exchange numbers Even gave me my email address. I really wanted this guy to contact me. I just wanted to show him off. And um, he really gave me some confidence in that, in in that meeting. And, and this guy was white and I didn't think anything of that. I've dated white guys before. Um, So literally (laughs) I had his phone. I was placing my phone in his hand and he was like, I'm so pleased. I've always wanted to date an Indian girl. You guys are so exotic. Oh my God. Like, and I literally, and the point is, he was trying to compliment me. This, this was like the most conflicting thing. He was trying to con, like, you know, compliment me, thinking that what he said was so good. Like, and so, you know, it was, it was supposed to melt my heart. And I literally died. <laughs> my soul shut down. My heart broke into a thousand pieces because I really had a good feeling about this guy and and unfortunately <laughs> and unfortunately it's, that's not the only story that you know people have um when it comes to sort of like this sort of stereotype on what like being Indian is and dating and sort of meeting people this sort of and it doesn't help with like TV when you watch TV and there's a lot of like beautiful indian siren goddesses you know walking around um all very you know light skin very very stereotypical and you know that's just not me um i blame the kama sutra that fucked it for us completely <laughs> absolutely fucked it for us um you know like we were supposed to be these experts in sex and positions and that's not you know and um yeah so that that was a bit of a horror horror moment for me Ugh, that's awful so, it's- uh, that's horrible. <laughs> it, <is. laughs> it always shocks
1: me. Like we we hear we hear this time and time again from guests who are who are people of color that like people just feel okay saying the most crazy shit. And yeah. I, it's always like, what
2: what in your head? yeah who told you so, that was okay uh, yeah am I a tick box is that what this is is that you like you know are you just ticking a box that you know you've been with Indie girl am I not you know we've we've just had like a 10-15 minute conversation was there anything there that you connected with you know like I mean and this is the thing about dating It's it's such a different world I mean you know, my friends, I, I, the, per, the guy I'm with at the moment, you know, we met normally in a bar and people go, you met normally? Like you actually <laughs> met normal circumstances. I'm like, yeah, but I've got friends that are finding it such a struggle dating at the moment. You know, um, these sort of issues with like, um, you know, looking at a picture and judging like yeah. a, a scenario, a life in a picture. You know, a picture that can be photoshopped, a picture that can be, you know, sort of like changed. Um, you know, you, you can get rid of your double chin. You can get rid of wrinkles. Um, gone are the days where you, you know, you go out, meet a person and the, and you feel that the chemistry is there. You know, it's just so impersonal now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I also think with apps, you know, I mean, this Brian Gosling, like, knockoff was emboldened (laughs) enough to be racist to you in real life but I think that the apps also at least here in the U.S. we hear so often and you know we I think are trying to bring more light to this because it was easy for us as white women to kind of ignore how much racism is actually
2: on the apps um well I, I don't actually think you was maybe ignoring it I think if you've never experienced it and this is this is like like this is my sort of conflict with it you know and I and I talked to my partner about this as well you know like about dating and stuff like what he's what he doesn't see like it it won't be obvious to you Mm -hmm. um so I I kind of feel we we sort of have to be a bit open-minded people of color I'm talking about have to be a bit of bit of minded yes you know it's about opening discussions about these sort of scenarios and um etiquette maybe and like respectfulness but If you've never experienced it, how would you recognize it?
0: Well, I feel like that's generous to us, Um, but I I do also hear you, and it's just I feel like I mean I'm curious. So do I feel like in the U.S. dating apps have like really extra emboldened racism and even kind of you know smaller microaggressions um, for people who probably don't consider themselves racists? Um, Do you Mm -hmm. feel like that dynamic is? particularly present in app culture as well in London. Um I know I don't have you ever been on the apps in the US? I'm just curious if you
2: have <laughs> well, not, not, not specifically been on the apps, but like I mean my friends, Bless her, you know, like um one of my really good friends and she's going for it, a woman of colour. Um so she's she's going through these apps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she does tell me this like it's it's a constant, you know, it, it's hard work being on these apps mm-hmm. it's not just like you've met someone in a bar and you've exchanged numbers and there's sort of a connection there so you're messaging you know there's and this is what I've said to her people have their own rules I'm dating what will be good for you isn't good for someone else no one's singing to the same hymn sheet so that's the problem with dating especially on apps what they what people think is good etiquette that you know I can speak to you know four or five people because we haven't had the conversation that we're ju- it's just us. Um, so this is what I mean. It's really hard work. You're constantly sort of like having to reassure yourself and constantly having that conversation. Well, are you talking to anyone? Are you talking to anyone else? How many apps are you on? Like how many apps are you on? Because that will determine as well, like, you know, certain political like conversations that you have to have as well. Um, and also, um, one of my friends, um, as well, he, he found um, a sort of like another profile of his partner mm. he's not with anymore. Um, so he was like, oh, so he's dating again. And I was like, well, I mean, wait, where are you dating? Were you not? He goes, well, I thought we were just sort of like, you know, and he said, oh, obviously I don't know, you know, there, there's a different rules to it. So I, I think it's hard work and I think it's a lot of politics to it.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so tough. Much communication so much communication
1: and everyone i mean i feel like you know we've seen in the u.s like dating becomes so casual and so like i feel like everyone assumes you're not exclusive or that nothing is serious between you until somebody like makes the jump to discuss it like it has to yeah, be yeah. like a conversation like this is exclusive this is serious yeah and that's leads to so many people being kind of like hurt in the interim like yeah. uh, you know there's this like desire to just kind of abdicate responsibility for the other person's feelings because no one's made anything um explicit and like yeah. i hate i hate that and i've yeah. yeah
2: and i think i think that's the impersonal bit isn't it i mean like it never used to be like that it used to be your you know you meet someone you go, you like, know. I mean, especially when I was um, with my partner when we met, it was like it—it it was a bit casual. I, I'm not gonna lie, it, it was a little bit. But I mean, very quickly it got to the stage of like, you know, um, I if 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 I was talking to anyone else or if he was talking to anyone else, I would feel that as a betrayal, mm-hmm. absolute betrayal. You know, like it, you know, it shouldn't have to be me to, like asking the question. You should actually be mindful, and respectful to actually say, oh, just to yeah, let you know, you know, casually put it into a conversation or actually just come out and say it, be honest. Um, Maybe that's what we're lacking, you know, maybe that honesty. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's a really important point. Um, You know, we've I think we've also been thinking about the impact of COVID and the pandemic and how much more important it can be just from a public health standpoint, to be honest with each other about who else you're seeing, you know, as dating starts to come back, we're still in the midst of the pandemic here, but, you know, even more open communication and honesty is necessary. Um, That's kind of an aside. But Sharon, I'm so this is a cheesy question we love to ask before your prior partner kind of I'm curious, what has your relationship to relationships been? How have you kind of dated in the world? And I guess I'm also just curious how you were feeling prior to meeting your partner out in the wild, which is impressive.
2: <laughs> yeah. So my relationship, that's a really great question. Um, I found relationships very difficult. And I think um, what I've learned now, so I'm, I'm 37 now, and what I've actually learned is more about me than I have about relationships. Mm-hmm. Because I realized um, from childhood and from growing up, how much I've been conditioned and influenced over relationships <clears throat> like, especially from my, a cultural standpoint as well. Um, so growing up, I was very much sort of, it was sort of in, like sort of ingrained in me that men do have a status, quite a high status culturally. And I, I remember, um, an aunt and uh, you know two, two relatives actually telling me you know you should always please your man always please him you know because then you get what you want and it's like I I don't because because I'm the, I'm first generation British Asian, so the the people before me were born in India, sort of raised in India but then came over so they you know so they were they still were Indian as such you know they had that sort of ingrained sort of culture within them however being born here going to school here you know being around such diverse um, people I would have diverse relationships but I've I've always felt very in conflict over it so relationships um, I've I have found very hard very tricky and I realized how codependent I became on men How, how, because that's how it was in my culture, you know. Once I was with a guy, I'd be happy because we'd get married and have children and we'd have this sort of happy, sort of, sort of relationship and life. But actually, it was so different because what I expected is and what I got. And because relationships are hard work, relationships, you've got to compromise, Um, relationships, you've got to support each other. But I was made to feel that sort of, relationships were the 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 sort of what I was aiming for you aim to get married and have children and have a happy life then Uh, it wasn't about um any anything else so actually my relationship relationships with was quite toxic I would say Hmm.
0: I think that you know what resonates with me and I, I imagine with a lot of listeners no matter their background is just that aim of marriage and then you'll be happy and in so many different cultures and societies that same goal has just been so ingrained to the point where I know for both Liza and I and I don't know if you feel the same way you know it was like do I even want that or am I just being told that I want that Um,
2: yeah and I I think that's that's what happened I think that's why I was so conflicted you know and also I started realizing my patterns in relationships as well Mm-hmm. um because you know I can't I can't say every single guy's with you know he was a bit of a douche At, actually I, th- I think I, I was part of the problem as well because of what I was expecting from him he didn't deliver because I was told this is what happens and um you know and 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 it didn't and I was I was also heartbroken disappointed but actually um it, it's it's to try and break that cycle because what you don't want is that cycle to keep going. Um, it's, toxic and it's, it's, it messes with your mind, you know, and it becomes a mental health issue, which is something that I've experienced as well because, um, you know, it gets to the stage of why don't people love me? You know, it really gets quite personal within yourself. Um, and you do have to dig deep and, you know, with a lot of soul searching and reflection, I realized that actually what, what I was told and I learned isn't what would be for me because I've been brought up as a British Asian woman, not an Indian woman in India. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's the process of, of sort of ending that um, cycle and to end that cycle, people, you're going to say things to people that people won't like, you know, people very close to you and you'll make decisions. So um my sort of like um my issue so what happened with me was i um had a baby out of wedlock um with with a guy who i'm with now you know we we i'm in my i was in my 30s um great career money had a house had everything but the only thing i didn't have was a marriage certificate and since then unfortunately you know feeling vulnerable ostracized um people keeping their distance from me, it's quite sad because, um, it made me realize, um, how, how people's version of relationships and what they think is right for them is actually not, (laughs) it's actually, you know, people need to be living the lives that they, they choose to. And, and that's when this brought this sort of whole, whole notion came to me about relationships and dating. It's, it's, it's something so personal to you. And and I think as well for me, I realized um, in relationships how much I was trying to please other people for acceptance and love. And um, yeah, I was going about it the wrong way.
1: Yeah, and it's wild. I mean, we all, every, everyone reconciles with like a generational difference between them mm-hmm. and their parents. But the the double whammy of, like, a generational and a cultural mm. rift, you know? You got your your family moved, yeah. like, across the world into a very different culture, and now you have to, you know, we all have the thing where we, like, I felt this from my parents who are very, like, liberal, mellow American humans and have been, you know, a co- here a couple generations and whatever. Like, I still feel marriage pressure from them. And they're, my mom's, like, they're hippies. It's so chill, but but it's it very ingrained in them generationally. But mm. I I think that, like, the... I can't imagine the many layers of pressure you felt from yeah. both of those things being really, you know, you being in a different world from your parents in so many ways.
2: Mm. And, and this is it, and it's like, you know... It's it's it was like my family's version of what what a good Indian girl should be, and a good Indian girl should be, you know. And I'm the complete opposite. And I don't have a degree. I don't have an MBA. Um, I haven't got married. Um, and also, the the sort of the sort of like other issues came into place as well. So not only in relationships, or sort of like, am I dealing with the fact that okay, I've made a decision that no one likes, still don't like, um, and but I'm also still trying having these race sort of conversations with people and lots you know, like, um, and also sort of like, and it's evolving. So not only did I have conversations about my race and my color and, you know, people asking me because my daughter's mixed race, like what religion am I bringing her up? I, I didn't think I had to choose, you know, none of your fucking business, you know, like, but I'm having to constantly like keep justifying like all these conversations, you know, why are we justifying who we're dating? Why are we justifying, you know, our responses to it and our decisions to it, you know, and it's a constant battle. It really is. Yeah. It sounds
0: exhausting. Um, You know, but I must say, I just, you're so open even in speaking to us, but what you do with your blog, I just, I think that's really powerful (laughs) that you've taken something incredibly unfair and exhausting and all these justifications and you know even just sharing with us right now it's um I really appreciate it so thank you um
2: yeah thank you for the platform because you know the, the the reason why as well my blog came out you know people tell me who my audience is and it's and it's it's me as a child, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the information I wanted to know as a child, I, you know, growing up, I never felt there was anyone around like me. I always felt quite different because I had to be, I was born very differently to the generation before me. You know, I was born into a very diverse country um, very, very white, um, a Christian country, you know, that, that's the, the country I've been born into going to school, going to work. Um, yeah. So, and suddenly but the sort of like the generations like even people like my generation but are older than me even their you know even the way they sort of hand no talk about dating and love and their life it's quite outdated I feel like they're just regurgitating what their parents have said Mm -hmm. there was no one like me um, sort of talking about stigma, talking about taboo, talking about interracial relationships and sex and, you know, issues of fertility, um, that, you know, um, race, um, you know, things that I've, I really wanted to know about and wanted to seek other people's opinions on. So that that's where it's all come to. So, you know, and, and that's where it was born. And that's why it's so great, you know, sort of like, Teaming up with you guys and talking to sort of other uh, other sort of platforms because you know it's something that you guys may not of or even considered or know about or or even your audience you know maybe they didn't think about sort of like um, sort of different issues that are going around for different people.
0: Yeah. No, I think this again, you know, has been a year of realizing how many you know, issues for other people. I just don't think about as a white woman. And yeah. I think it's extremely important for us to, like, again, hearing your personal story, your personal experience, that awful date. It's really, I think this is the way we move the world forward, like really sharing vulnerable mm-hmm. personal experiences. This is like a weird woo-woo moment for me, but I'm just, it's so impactful versus just kind of reading an article about something. So I do think you know, thank you again for sharing with us, but also just putting, putting things out there. I'm sure you're impacting a lot of young women or just young people, um, who wish, who maybe, you know, wish they had kind of a big sister or someone to tell them <laughs> these things who don't. So.
1: Thank you. Uh, I know. I'm always so jealous of Gen Z, you know, like the kids growing up to that. you're, you know, your daughter, it's like, like it's, oh, they're no. going to grow up with, so much access. And that's why Gen Z is the greatest. <laughs> but also it's like, you know, it's amazing that there's people like you out there making the content. It's, it's really like such a such a powerful thing. Thank you. What do you um, what do you feel is like you were talking about the blog being like the, audi- the the audience for the blog being your younger self yourself as a child? What's the biggest takeaway? Like, what's the biggest thing you wish you could impart? To the kids today, slash your younger self.
2: You must, must, must open discussions up. And when it, when you're, you're one of the first people to open these discussions up. You, you're going to expose yourself, and don't be afraid to. You know, like, um, people talk to me about like re- fear, fear of opening up, fear of discussion. And I, you know, the the way I, the way I look about my life, um, I think about my legacy what, what would I leave? If I, if I die tomorrow, what would I leave? Well, there's a blog to British to be Asian and it talks about stigma. What would, you know, if if I died, what would my, what my daughter sort of like, what could she refer to? You know, who could she, what could she have, have an idea about her mother? Well, your mother talks about things that hopefully you'll never have to go through. And unfortunately the generation before you had to go through it, you know, like things like me, like talking about race, talking about, you know, what how a man or woman or whoever you choose to love you know how they should be respecting you and actually not um you know one person in a relationship having a status over another you know um so opening discussions up communication is so so important although we have so many so much technology now but we have also so many devices that we can connect with people and that's so important and I think as well when you talk about COVID-19 and um, people really I mean I, I went for a huge process on COVID-19 like massively mental health anxiety issues um, which you know I, I, I said I've done a lot of radio here and I've been really open about how actually I don't think my daughter's really been affected actually it's been me and um, um but I would say one of the amazing, amazing and you know, for example, I lost my job through the pandemic. <laughs> like, you know, so much. I suddenly became a full-time mum. I lo- I've lost my job and I felt like a bit I lost a bit of my identity. Um, you know, how as as a mum, you know, how can I sort of teach my child that she needs to be sort of, you know, being independent, yet I'm at home, like, you know, um at a loss really. Um but one of the most amazing, amazing things, like, you know, I set my podcast in COVID-19. I set my YouTube channel in COVID-19. Um, people started DMing me. Um, people, I started reaching out to other women just like me, you know, that I have that had issues just like me with their families and relationships and falling in love and what love is. Um, so, you know, for me, it's actually been quite, a, quite amazing, quite sort of like inspirational, actually, um now we are sort of I'm hoping we're coming sort of to the end of the sort of pandemic maybe we're not maybe going back into another one um but actually there's been so much positivity by talking to other women talking to other platforms and sort of teaming up and sort of opening up discussions on like for example abortion um I've been talking um a lot about abortion with um other women and and how much abortion how, how sorry and um how many married women have abortions which I didn't know about you know I just thought abortion was you know you're underage and but no it's not at all how husbands have forced their wives to have abortions um so opening discussions is something that I would I would always always um sort of advocate for people to be doing.
0: It's powerful advice for you know all people too. You know what in whatever context. I, more open discussions. That's something we need badly in America right now. Um, not to say I need to be open minded to people who are you know totally bigoted and racist, but we need to just have more open discussions. You know, have more open discussions in your relationships. I don't know. It's it's yeah. such good advice for everything. And it feels simple. And yet it is so challenging, at least for me. And I I think I'm not alone in that. Um, But yeah.
1: Well, we've all been just taught forever that our our feelings are wrong and should be modified or they're especially as women, they're too much. They're, you know, they're over the top We're hormonal, which is my biggest pet peeve ever, because I'm sorry, like men are so much more hormonal than us. I've never punched a hole through a wall, you know, like that's being more like, it's truly, I, my, the blood is boiling right now thinking about the word
2: hormonal. So, um, but. I I totally understand. And I think, well, like, it's amazing to me. So like, you know, when I, when I talk about like, sort of like relationship, like the awful relationship I've had advice, uh, sorry, all the relationship advice I've had, like the awful ones, it's always been from women and that really fucks me off because I'm like, you should know fucking better. Do you know what I mean? Like, I know you're older than me and I should be respectful because you're like the generation, but always please your man. What the fuck is that? You know, what the fuck, you know, what is that? You know? And, and like, I I remember um, a, a job I had quite a while ago and I was really annoyed with something and like this woman sort of like, and you know, I'm talking about years ago, It's, it's an officer would be very different. and wouldn't, wouldn't probably say like, so. are you in your period, love? Uh, and proper, like, Nathie's accent. And I just, I just, oh my God, I was, firstly, I was so embarrassed and humiliated. But the fact that this woman has said this to a fellow, where the fuck is the sisterhood on this? Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I bet. And I'm also just, like, the the idea that we are somehow like less functional humans on our period. Yeah. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you like truly, we fucking get up and go to work every fucking day on our it's just like uh, yeah, it drives what me. What do we
2: do? Jesus Christ, what don't we do? Truly.
1: We're our bodies are like <laughs> constantly giving us pain all the time and we function perfectly well in the world. Like well, mm-hmm. I don't need to I don't need to go into a Miss uh whatever man hating rant. <laughs> It's just,
2: yeah, it is infuriating, you know, especially when it's coming from another woman. Yeah, you know, this it, it really is, you know. You sort of, you sort of, you shouldn't even expect it from a man, but you sort of do because they're just, you know, they can be so idiotic sometimes. But you know, from from another woman, you know, it yeah. actually I was so offended and hurt as well. Um, yeah, and you know, the same relationship. When I mean, I've had relationship advice, it's it's been quite. You know, like, oh, well, what did you do? What what did I do? You know, as in, like, well, he cheated. But what did, why did he cheat? What, why did he feel, you know, like the onus is on me. The onus is on me to be going, well, okay, well, maybe I worked too much. You know, did I work too much? Did I, was was I sort of overbearing? Was I telling him I love you enough? Was I telling him I wasn't loving him enough? Mm. You know, all all this of conflict. It's like, why is it, why is it the woman that has to, take the sort of like onus that you know we're the problem we were the problem
0: it's yeah and your point about where is the sisterhood in those cases as well I think you know hopefully we don't have female coworkers saying oh are you on your period now but uh, something interesting about that anecdote to me was I bet even at that time the men in the office knew not to say that even if they were thinking it's like we as women need to be better about you know
2: Leading by example.
0: Yeah, leading by example. I think I think about some relationship friends are in or have been in, and you know I often am quite vocal. Not to like, not that this is always the best, truly, but in saying, you know, are you actually happy in that? Or trying to kind of not say, yeah, well, if that's what he wants. But I don't know. It it not everybody. There's a, there's still a lot in my very progressive, open minded friend group of like for lack of better term bowing down to what the man wants even if it's in tiny ways like on dating apps and he wants to like just have you over to his house for the first time but you which is totally cool if you want that but i have friends where it's like they want something more but they don't want to quote unquote push back or advocate for that thing and i think you know this is a very messy way of me just saying i want us all to as women keep encouraging each other to date better be better not um not pretend like it's a man's world anymore because it's totally not
2: yeah yeah absolutely and i it's it's an equal thing especially my culture as well i think that's you know women go oh like he he you know he's taking the reins and like, you know, he, he wants to do everything. He doesn't want me to help. Well, no, he's been controlling. Um, that, that's what he's doing. And I know at the, you know, you're at the height of your sort of, um, honeymoon period. And I, I get that because I, I have done it, you know, I have, you know, when and I have worn makeup and, you know, and I, and, you know, someone said, you know, you don't wear makeup anymore. Oh no, no. Like he, he loves me for who I am. And, you know, he prefers me without makeup and says, you know, just, but you're beautiful. You don't need that makeup actually no he was a narcissist so um you know you know and i and i think as well like we have an intuition women and i don't think we sort of use that enough because um you know we're so so busy doing other things and we you know we're you know we have to work you know children life friends partners family um but we do have an intuition we do have a sixth sense on things and i think as well um, something I've been I've been really sort of sort of like checking in with myself is how I feel in a moment, and I, I think like especially when I've had to make decisions and I've made decisions and I my my body and my mind you know there's a, there's a there's an anxiety there's you know there's a tingling there's, there's there's something not quite right and we have to be listening to that as well mm-hmm. and I don't think we do that enough and our also, and our friends, you know, the people that we love, you know, and, and I always say, um, honesty without tact is plain cruelty. And I, you know, and there's a tactful way of your, your tribe around you sort of saying, you know, have an openness, you know, think, you know, make like sort of giving sort of different scenarios to things, not just sort of, sort of, maybe feeling like that person's attacks, especially when you haven't dated for a while I know there was a point when I hadn't dated for a while and I I met someone and suddenly this guy was giving me so much attention and giving me that confidence um and you know and feeling like well why is he doing that you know he's like you know and sort of becoming having that conflict I I think there's you know so listening to yourself listening to intuition and sort of like you know really understanding yourself and that situation and if it vibes with you or not. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Totally. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing, yeah, another thing you said, Sharon, that that resonated with me is just always going back to, like, am I happy? You know, I feel like I see so many people still justifying the hell out of all of this shit in their relationships. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you were happy, you wouldn't be doing doing that, you know, like always making excuses for their partner or like why things are the way they are. And it just it it just wouldn't be necessary if There was like happiness and joy and fulfillment in that relationship
2: yeah absolutely and and you know like I I, I I actually look back at the relationships I've had and like the patterns as well and you know I I thought arguing arguing was normal because actually I grew up in a household where I we joked about arguing like oh it's just how we communicate you know and so again I'm, I'm trying to pass the bucket I, I'm not I'm just I'm sort of trying to example how how something has been conditioned in my mind thinking it's okay and this is where I come back to people have their own rules singing to, sing to a different hymn sheet I, I was conditioned that arguing is okay because all my family argue the generations before me I've heard arguments every single one of them even my grandparents it's totally normal and it's it's our culture as well it's our culture that's what we do you know um, actually that's something that I've really had to learn very quickly is that how unhealthy that is how actually like although you've been conditioned and you know things have been around you that you know people are saying it's okay and once you learn and actually reflect back and step back and think and actually step away from that sort of you realize how it's really not how some people's behavior around you has been very unhealthy and very toxic and that goes in that's what you bring into relationships that's what you bring into love you know what what what's happiness well my, my parents row. you know what was it? well actually you know rowing and then you know the police being called for example or you know sort of like it's so high the, the neighbor's knocking on the door or you know so high you know your, your child screaming no actually really figure it out so really think so and really think about sort of what happiness is for you because happiness now for me is you know we do have disagreements me and my partner but the argument that the arguments that I had growing up what I'm used to culturally is nothing what I what I have now and I'm so happy and I'm so content but that comes with hard work hard work on myself as well as my partner um and growing together as well
0: yeah I mean Oh, it, I your wisdom and just perspective is like helping me think about my life and happiness in different ways this morning, too. So thank you. Thank or this you. morning for me. Um, Thank, thank you also you. for, you know, with quite a big time difference hopping on with us.
2: No, it's great, mate. If it was like three o'clock in the morning, I would have been here. You know, you you girls are—you awesome. really are—and I love it. And yeah, I I love. I've been listening to your podcast, you know, and and it's really important. What what you're doing is so important, and you know, and it's worthwhile. And and I think that comes with authentic, authenticity of it being personal, and it has to be personal. You can't you can't make this stuff up because people aren't, your audience aren't silly, you know, and they're vibing with you because, you know, you're having discussions that they're thinking about and they want to know, you know, I, I, I've listened to your podcast and you answer the questions that your, your sort of fans um, ask you (laughs) and, you know, because they're listening and, you know, you're sort of part of your wisdom onto them. So it's, it's really important. And thank you so much for having me on. Thank
0: you so much. Where where can everybody find you to you know find your blog follow
2: you oh yeah so um i'm on instagram to british 2B asian and for my instagram i've a link tree. so like everything's on there my podcasts are on there mm-hmm. um as well and i would love you guys to come on as well that would be awesome you know yeah it would be really great and to get that sort of um sort of like different perspective and what you see in you, you know your experiences on dating as well so that oh, would yeah, be really we'd love to thank
0: anytime. you yeah that would be great Yeah, this was wonderful. Sharon, thank you so much again. And I'm
1: going to link everything that Sharon mentioned below so you can find it in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us.